I'll play this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Say no to your like, wife? That's not no. Happy wife? That is funny. <laughs> yeah. Happy wife? Happy life? <laughs> Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a show all about the board game Spirit Island. Here we'll talk about analytics and strategies within the game, as well as a plethora of other topics that can be found within it. We lied! Ah! I know that we said that we were going to talk about our analysis series, but the impossible happened. Guys, Jagged Earth came in! Not only that, but we did our first game, and we just got to talk about that, so let's do it! Let's go! Okay, I know that we said we are going to do analysis, but, like, we also said that this might come up. Like, you agreed to stay away! I lied, <laughs> as I did from the very beginning. Bonus points, if anyone knows what that's from. Oh, come on, they'll know where that's from. Okay, maybe. No friend of mine would not know where that's from. <laughs> but which one? So, uh, that's true, there you go. Hey, right, there you hey. go. But, yeah, no, we did say in past episodes that... Actually, I think it was the very first episode we said that if a topic is on schedule but Jagged Earth comes in, we're totally going to be derailed. Guess what happened? Oh, gosh. Guys, Jagged Earth came in. Ah! I'm still, like, reeling from it only because it was October 17th of 2018. 2018! When I ordered that sucker. Yeah. And now it's finally here. I was like, what? I had to wait all the way from April 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Tears. I still don't know how that was possible. Because you said it was the April. The late backing. I think. March or April. March or April. Yeah, you were like, yeah, I was looking on Kickstarter and the option to buy now was there. I was like, <laughs> what? You're like, yeah, look at this. And I was like. You had that vein oh, coming from your head again. Good. Good, good for you. For you. <laughs> and I've been waiting Rage. for a year yeah. and a half. Like, how is this fair? Internal like, screaming. I know, and then you guys had it delivered first before mine. Well, okay, hang on. <laughs> because we did not get the broken token. I'm still not over this. <laughs> the rage. <laughs> we got the bare minimum. Yeah, you guys got, like, the core. Yes, whatever they called it. Yeah. Like first level, retail, first tier. Whatever, yeah, that thing. But I got, like, all the things, and that's why. Oh, you know what it was? Their premium token. That's what it was. Took Their premium token. Which like, are awesome. Which I love. But, yeah, they were, like, delayed or something, and so they just had to wait. So, it's fine now that uh, it's, it's all, all here. here. I can, like... <laughs> and we but, had our first game. Oh, my word. I know. We had our first game. It feels so surreal like so much about jagged earth has been in the realm of it is upcoming yes what can we predict for the future it was so like magical and mystical. i know i know but now it was there it was here and like the cards are in front of our face so oh the first night you got it you were messaging me late at night and you're like what oh, about this card i know the <laughs> dude of all the things that came in jagged earth which by the way there are a ton of things that come in jagged earth but the thing that i was most curious about yeah <laughs> Was the new cards, specifically characters' hands, mm-hmm. and then the new minors and new majors. The boards, I already kind of got the gist of. I really wanted to see what the finalized versions were as opposed to the beta ones. Right. But that was just a mild curiosity. The biggest one was just the minors and majors. Sure, fear cards, event cards, those are kind of cool, but you're going to forget them in your day-to-day 9-to-5 stuff. You might remember one or two, but you'll rediscover them every game as they come up. But the ones I was like, really, oh, I really want to see what mm-hmm. they do is the new majors and minors. Which 
what's the new cast down, briny oh, deep, I you know? know. What's all the cheese? Yeah. So, anyway, what we're going to do in this episode is we're just going to go and just, oh, just gush about our first game. It will be a gush. This yeah. is an excellent expansion. So, oh gosh. I know, dude. It's like a standalone that could be its own two-player game. If you wanted. Wait, the could ex- you just buy Jagged Earth by itself? Have they said that? Uh, it comes with, well, it only comes with two player boards, right? So Jagged Earth comes with two player boards, but the point I'm trying to convey quickly is the fact that there is so much stuff in this expansion that the yes. box is literally the same size as the original, the original box. box yeah. Branch and Claw added two people. This one, eight. You know, and then promotional pack two, and then the stretch goals. That's the Stretch word. goals. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word stretch goals. We're uh, too we're excited. Two. So there's, I know, we're just like, all the rails for my train of thought are going in so many crisscrossing directions right now so my speed sounds it is a crazy expansion though compared to like others that it's incredible and each spirit i'm not disappointed in and there's no like "Mm, i never want to play that spirit i know and we even talked about that in our first episode of the hype list just the fact that none of these guys are lame and there isn't anyone that we want to avoid. Like, we all want to play all of them. None of them seem weak, either. So, let's go and just dive right into the recap of our first game. So, did we stay with our hype lists? Well, I did. I went and I played Shot of Silent Mist. How about you, John? So, as Ryan mentioned, we got ours a little bit early. I made like two weeks before Ryan. So, Laura and I opened it up, and we're looking at it. We want to play our first game. And Laura's like, oh, this stone guy seems cool. I'll play them. I'll be like... <laughs> and I'm like, sure, honey. <laughs> Literally the number one guy in your list. Three hours of hype list. I know. And she's like, oh, this guy's cool. I like this art. I'm like, no. And in a moment, in a moment, just hours of content on this podcast of talking about. Even preparing for the hype list. I know. I was like going over which one. What is my true number one? Was your number one. You're number one, not your two or three. And so you're like so hyped to play this guy. The way she grabbed you, she's like, huh, I'll play this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? Say no to your wife. That's not no. Happy wife? That is funny. (laughs) Happy wife? Happy life? So I... (laughs) That's sitcom levels of hilarious. And so much work and time to prove that we just had this guy at number one of the dude that you're going to play as first. I cannot wait to play this guy because he's the one that I really want to try. He's the one that most... Here's all my reasons why. And then in a second... Oh, I think I'm going to want to do this one. Really? There's 11 <laughs> other people. You had to pick Look at that all one. Them. Like, oh, this, this one seems cool. So so you're like, well, embrace the chaos. We'll just, just throw the hypeless to Trickster? the Trickster? <laughs> Random. So it was funny because when you sent me that text, I was just like, oh, you're throwing the hypeless to the wind. Is anything sacred? And then I was like, well, do you want to play as Starlight? Because Starlight was mm-hmm. your number two. And then you're like, well, Laura played as that one. <laughs> oh my word, it's all falling apart. And we're yeah. just like, the hype list stands on the edge of a knife. It is. Stray but a little and it but will fail. Yours is still going strong. <laughs> <laughs> the hype list is breaking. It has already begun. <laughs> but... Don't worry, because I was like, well, I'm going to stay true to mine. And you thankfully, did. you guys, you even said that you guys kept Mist off limits for your own game. We didn't. When you had your copy of Jagged Earth first, just so that you could we allow wanted to me to be, you play it, yeah. oh, thanks, buddy. That means a lot, truly. Because, yeah, we but, played a uh, couple games where, like, we're going to save Mist for Ryan. Seriously, I was like, I know it's weird, but I'm like, I wanted to be the first one to play it. <laughs> but it was kind of funny, because I remember I was like, dude, well, don't worry.
where you can go and get right back on board with your hype list and you're like, I can't, it's been broken, it's, it's been shattered. It, it and I'm was... like, this is the moment where I felt like Aragorn talking to the King of the Dead when he's like, the line was broken. <laughs> and then you just... It has been remade. <laughs> I just want to be at peace where I can just like float away and die like they did at the end after the Gondor fight. Anyway, so all this to say that for our first game, I played as my boy, Shroud of Silent Mist. John, you played as Downpour. I went Downpour. And Laura played Starlight, Seeks Its Form. And my brother played Many Minds. So our first game was a game of four. Yeah. A four-player game. And it was Starlight, Downpour, Many Minds, and Mist. Wow, what a team. What a fun game. Oh my goodness. It was really cool, honestly, since everyone was new, to see from the standpoint of how is my guy going to play? How am I, as a player, going to be able to execute the plan I thought this guy was after having years of studying their beta versions? Am I going to play this guy the way I thought this guy was going to be played? Mm -hmm. But what about the other spirits? How are they going to be played? Just period. What's the synergy? Where's the synergy? Like, I haven't seen any of these guys in action with my own two eyes. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be really cool just to see these guys, period. And so, like, wow. Where do we want to start? That's a good team. (laughs) So I'll just go right into Mist. This guy was exactly what I thought, and I thought he was going to be ridiculously mobile. Oh my goodness, this guy is so mobile. Every turn, you were moving around. Dude, my first turn, I moved like two or three times. I had already gotten halfway across my own board mm-hmm. by the first turn. By the second turn, I was already on the other half of my board. And you like touched all your lands. It was insane. Like eventually when I grew up, I had a presence on every single land on my board. I was looking at his cards, which by the way, with Jagged Earth coming in, we finally, finally were able to get the cards for Fractured Days and Shroud of Silent Mist. And that'll be some of the things we're going to get into in about a few minutes here. But that's just another one of the things that we were able to joyfully look at with mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this new stuff that came in. Hey, do you know what we never saw before? What's that? We never saw Mist cards. cards and we never saw Fractured Days cards. We're like, ah! So we have to go and like see that. Anyway, so the thing that was so cool about Mist was, I call it the Matrix Dodge. Okay. Which was whenever you target a land, we all know that you can move into a land or an adjacent land. Mm. That really catapults him into like super strong levels of what? If the targeting land thing allowed you to go into just a target land period, that would still be really strong. But an adjacent land? I was moving presence from a land to a land that had nothing to do with the power I was doing. Because it was just moving around. And so what was just so crazy about this was when the explore happened each turn as a player, you're always wondering, well, where are they going to go? Am I going to be able to stop it? Well, or can I get there? Right. Well, he has suffocating shroud, his innate power, which Mm. is his damage dealing innate. And it was hilarious because the first level is obviously the one that you're going to be able to trigger earliest, easiest, Mm -hmm. and you'll always be able to do one damage and one damage with some of your cards. And so every now and then I didn't know where to put that damage. So I was like, well, maybe in the exploration phase, when the invaders go and explore stuff, I can use this one damage since it's in the slow phase to pick off a guy Mm -hmm. that goes and explores. So the thing was, is at first I was wondering if I was going to have any trouble with, well, what if I'm not in the same land that they are in? That was not a problem at all because that innate power, it's range zero and it requires you to be in the same land. Well, you can target a land and with mists, shift and flow, it will allow you to meet range requirements. Mm -hmm. So even if it wasn't the same land, you'd be like, scoot and be like, now he is and you kill him. 
But the thing that was so funny was I thought, well, where do I want to go? I want to make sure I go where they explore. Eventually, I had one presence on every single land on my board. Mm-hmm. I was everywhere. Missed. Never before have I ever been able to answer the question of where they're exploring with, well, we don't know where they are going to explore, so how about you just go everywhere? Okay. So literally, no matter where they explore, You basically became a wilds token. Because you could just go wherever they were. It was awesome. And even though they explored, one damage, they're gone. Oh, and it was so great because his gameplay style is one where you can do extra damage to more people Mm. if you have presence in adjacent lands. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to spread myself pretty wide. So I have this big net that Mm -hmm. I could cover things with. But there's another card that allows him to do defense, which I did not see coming. Neither of us saw coming. I did not think this guy was going to have a defend card at all. I thought it went completely against form. I was like, what? Sweet. But you get defend one per presence you have. So with some of his cards, you want to be very spread wide. With that defend card, you want to be consolidated Mm -hmm. like in one spot. Thankfully, your second growth option does allow you to place two presents, which means that you can quickly go bink, bink, and add two presents to his spot so you can get at least defend three in a spot because both of those are place two presents, but each of them where you already are, so you will need Mm. to already be there. So Mm -hmm. there will already be one. So if you add two to that land, now there's three. So you at least have defend three whenever you do that, which is nice. Point being, this guy has reasons to go wide, spread, and he has reasons to be consolidated. So there's like those choices that you were talking about. And he has the mobility to be able to do that. word. It was so great, guys. I was able to just choke people and like sap them for energy and fear. And I was talking about earlier, I don't know how many people I'm going to want to keep alive because on one hand you want to keep some alive because you really need energy but you don't want to keep so many of them alive that they're actually still a functioning problem right so for me my sweet spot three I think that's what I really like have three buildings that Mm -hmm. are currently suffering because that is just enough to get three fear one energy every single turn you can have more but if you have more then it's going to be kind of risky because there's still a lot of guys on the field so for me after my first game my first impressions I like the idea of three being my sweet spot but oh my gosh guys it was just hilarious how (laughs) I was just I thought you'd be more energy restrained but you got to three pretty quickly so you were gaining an energy from that and then when you would gain a card I didn't realize how not gaining a fire would also give you energy honestly it really streamlined my card picking the gather power from cool and dark Mm -hmm. because literally whenever I picked up a card I would look to see if it had a fire element if it did nope Okay. Nope. Just nope. instant. Now, you don't have to play that way, but I did because I really, really wanted energy because Dissolving Vapors is his most expensive card, mm. and that's the one that you really want. That is your marquee, awesome, like, home run card, yeah. which does one damage to every single invader, which is just awesome. Especially you, for Mist. Right. And you can get that as well from his innate, but his innate needs to be level four before you get that, okay. which is going to be difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so missed i'm gonna get into him later probably with our analysis but just first impressions this is just what i had i was so comically just (laughs) so comically entertained by the fact that no matter where they explored i was already there there. it was so great you weren't even just stuck to your board like you spread out throughout the whole island which is so cool like thematically i felt so evil though like because like there's this one town it's like please let me die. I'm like, no. Like, you put a vice grip on one guy and eventually all of his friends around him die and he's suffering like... Please. There was one city, Let I swear die. you kept for like two-thirds of the game. I know. Yeah, and they, <laughs> Dude, my first town. Yeah. My first town, I did one damage to him. And I was like, 
Alright, you're mine. And, you and he let stayed them. alive for like, what, six turns? It, but it was amazing because... And I was like, this poor guy, he's like, please let me sleep in peace. Kill me. <laughs> You're like, no. No, I have a better <laughs> use for you. <laughs> From the outsider's perspective, there was so much fear. Because like you had said in the game when we played it, it was one of our first fear victories. Mm-hmm. Not just like terror level victories. We got through all the fear we cards. Did. We did. This was our third. Or Well, sorry. I shouldn't say the word our. I should say my. This was my third of all time a fear victory. Not a terror victory. Fear. A fear victory. Now, we did also. It wasn't truth, just in missed. truth, we did fear and terror victory on the exact same turn, mm-hmm. but the fear victory came first before the terror one. So if you want to say that we achieved a terror level three victory at the same turn mm. as the fear victory, you could say that and still be true. But we did clear the fear deck before we got the terror level three victory condition. We were so scary. Ripping through Oh fear. my gosh, many minds. He was terrifying. Speaking of mobility. Wow. Both I know. you guys, all Dude, over the map. so many mines. My brother played as him. Neither of us were playing as many mines, but I was just shocked. He would just be like, all right, I'm going to move this guy, move this guy, move this guy. Defense and six that here. move people two spaces, like moving a beast token gather or someone, but two from away. two away. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Yeah. But I was just shocked at how much fear he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, yikes. Defense and fear. It was crazy. The total yin-yang to sharp fangs yeah. type of thing. Where sharp I fangs is more really, I cannot wait to see those uh, that game. That eventual future game where it's sharp fangs and many minds Offense, together. defense, oh. both do fear. Yeah. Oh. But he'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. I can't really do much damage. But I can do a lot of defense right here and mm-hmm. the Han will counter attack for me and because of the cards that I played I'm going to do another like four fear <laughs> and I'm going to do that and he did three fear the next turn and whatnot. and then oh, we have missed constantly dude, every turn getting it fear. was so weird to pay attention to time passes because time passes has always been a That's phase true. where I just eh, skip over but time passes here I'm like all right you nope you nope you nope and I'm saying nope to the guys that would heal. Right. The but buildings. instead, instead of healing, all I'm hearing is cha-ching. And just <laughs> for doing nothing. Fear. There's just three fear, three fear, three fear. Then it was four fear, four fear in the end of the game. Because at near the end of the game, I actually started to keep more people wounded. Mm. So there's four. And at one point, I had five buildings that were wounded and were not healing by the end of the game. So I was just shocked at just how much fear I was generating. And so many of his cards that Mist has does fear. Literally all but one of them earns fear do fear yeah and so not only am i doing fear because of my cards that i'm playing but i'm doing fear for the people i'm killing the thing that really boggled my mind with mist was the fact that you can do one damage and get a fear reward from it before you had to do at least two damage to get one fear in the form of killing a town or you get two fear from killing a city so you know if you have a damage card i'm only going to be able to get fear from this damage card if it's at least two and maybe three if i want to kill a city because if i get three i can kill a city and if it's at least two i can kill a town Mm. cool well you as mist you only need to do one damage that is it one damage and you can start milking people for fear because the moment that someone is damaged they don't even have to be in their last health that one city i just knocked him over once and he had two health remaining for like 
Forever. Yeah, it <laughs> was a long time. So I got like six, seven fear out of this one city, even though I did one damage or to normally, him. normally it'd just be two fear and he's gone. Right. And the exchange rate on damage dealt to fear gained is usually, like you said, two damage for one fear, three damage for two, two fear. fear. But here I did one damage, you know, on all these places. And each of these guys, grand total by the end of the game individually maybe gave me like six or seven fear per guy I kept alive. And since I kept three of them alive, that's like 20, 21 fear with those three guys added up with all of this fear. I was like, oh my word. That's how we won the game so fast. It was insane. Because it was a fear victory, but also we still had the rest of the stage three uh, invader deck to get through. We did. Maybe we got through one of them. It was just so fast. I was shocked. I don't remember what turn it was. Was it like turn five or six? No, maybe seven. You know, I, yeah, it, I don't it, remember. It was but definitely not through the whole invader deck. No, it wasn't. But I was just shocked because only twice in my life have I gotten a fear victory, meaning I completely exhausted the fear deck. Okay. Only twice has that ever happened in my experience. Usually you get rid of the cities. Usually, yeah, the terror three conditions are the ones that make me win the game. And I don't know what you have in your experience, but for me, it's usually terror victories is how I win, usually. I don't really have a preference. A win is a win. I do not care. Right. I just think it's interesting that, like... The Many mines and mist just were terrifying. I want to say, okay, real quick. I think a broken combo, green, miss. Those are my boys. Each can do one damage, right? Ah, my boys. And if you let things build up, like, oh no, what about when all these guys ravage? Green prevents ravages. So you can let them build up and do one damage and just reap the fear. Mist can even keep people from ravaging. He has a card that says if someone's wounded, you can play this card and this wounded guy doesn't participate in a ravage, which I was like, what? Oh, that's a great card. Oh. And I think everyone benefits from growth and placing presence, but Mist really benefits, like you said, oh, of just like spreading out and green allows that. I know mm-hmm. this is like kind of off topic, but this combo came to my head like, dude, no, I said pairing, that too. Yeah. What a pairing that would in be. In our hype list, I said that I really do think that green and Mist will go well. I saw it. I want oh, to see that. Oh, what the heck? I never finished my train of thought from earlier that I just remembered. Keep going. It was like 20 minutes ago. My Matrix Dodge. I never explained my Matrix Dodge. I got the visual. Right. The Matrix Dodge, what I'm calling that is with Mist, seeing how you can play a power to target a land and move as a result of it, Mm -hmm. you can do this cool trick where in the fast phase, if a land is about to blight, play a card, move your presence out of the problem area, let the land blight, and then play a slow card and move right back in. So you were there when the turn started and you were there when the turn ended. But right when the damage was dealt, you weren't there. So you quickly eh, got out of there and then eh, when they're done attacking to get right back in. So it didn't help the land because I blighted like twice, maybe three times You did have the most blights of the Well, I only only blighted two or three times though. Oh, okay. And as an attacker, I think I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now, I will endeavor to find ways to get better and better with doing that. But I don't think you're going to be able to perfectly get no blood on the board with this guy with his starting cards only. I think he does benefit from finding those blood. And Jagged Earth kind of changes blight as a resource. It really does. It really does. But I was very content with only blighting twice or three times because I was like, this guy's an attacker. I'm not meant Mm -hmm. to go and remove blight and whatnot. But like I said before, I was able to just matrix dodge every single one of those blight things. I never had a problem with it because even when there was one that I wasn't seeing coming, I was like, oh, let me just go and bloop. I was out of there, and in the slow phase, bloop, 
right back in. So I Is that card able to move another target spirit's presence too? So what I was talking about was just his innate. I'll get into oh. his card. I'll get into his cards okay, a little sorry. bit. We're but going you, too far ahead. Yeah, you can use cards to help other That's people do really that. Cool. Which is just like, so cool. Other people so, can matrix dodge. I did feel slightly bad for Laura only because she was playing a starlight and she was like, I don't know what to do. Like very high complexity yeah. starlights. I think she did okay. Yeah. I think I think she did okay. I think too. anyone first playing it, I think I would be happy with right. I want to establish. I what I meant by that comment was she did it totally fine. Yeah, I'm just saying it looked like it was difficult. So props to her. What's so funny is usually Laura is the quickest to decide for growth. Laura's yeah. always like, yeah, I got my minors. You know me. And yeah. You like to discuss a little more, and Peter's yeah. your brother's talking a little bit more. But when Laura was going through it, she was actually slower than us for like the yeah. first time because first time ever. It is so. It's I know there's so much to do. You know, it's a growth so pick three, at. and there's so many innates. So we'd be like, Laura, and for the first time, we were being faster than her. Right. But she went more the defensive route. Yeah, I think that's probably what me as a player would probably do just because go to basics when you don't know what to do. And for me, I always like defense first. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that I'm thinking, I'm just going to go the earth route. And she did. She went earth and then she also went fire. So she would do defense and then she would do damage. So she'd be like, okay, I'm going to defend. And then the slow phase, boom. Well, if I'm not mistaken, his fire element one lets him do two damage and one fear yes which means you can go and use that two damage to get a town and that gets a fear so that's like pretty easy two fear right there because one fear from the ability and one fear one from time the town. she targeted a city and then you swooped in he <laughs> i do remember that <laughs> that was on the jungle in yeah that land. okay this was really weird to me this was the first game where i had to look at dahan counterattacks. i remember there was in one of the lands there was one explorer and one town and there was one dahan mm. and somebody i don't know who it was i think it was peter i'd played a defend card so okay so we don't have to worry about the damage because the defend card is going to block it. Yep. There's one Dahan and that Dahan can counterattack for two damage. Every single time I played this game, I will have always done, oh, kill the town because to kill the, the explorer and wound the town, that does you nothing. Yeah, it kills the explorer, but the town will heal in two seconds and you get no fear. So you may as well just let the Dahan kill the town. That's true. But this time I was like, have the Dahan kill the explorer and wound the town. He's like, why? And I was like, <laughs> because I'm about to roll in. And then when it was time for the slow phase, I was like, hey, buddy! And I walked right on in there and was like, didn't you're not healing. Heal. And so I didn't even do the damage. The Dahan did the damage and it was on my brother's board. Yeah. But I just said, here, do you mind if I roll in here and hold on to that guy? He's like, sure. So now I'm milking fear from a guy I had no Nothing interaction with. with. <laughs> so it was just, oh. It was kind of like someone about to use an elevator and somebody be like, Hold the door, you know, and you get in the elevator really quick. And I usually hit door closed <laughs> when they're trying to come. Like I'm holding. It's That's not what the invaders <laughs> trying to do. <laughs> Like they it's were not too late. So. I'm just kidding. Oh. I think with Starlight 2, you're so at the mercy for what minor and major cards yeah. you pick up. I remember whenever she would get a new card, she was like, all right, I'm going to do this card that lets me draw six minors instead mm-hmm. of four, and I get to pick two. two. And she was just looking at these cards for, like, she, for like she, two minutes. She's she like, had okay, to take her time. Well, yeah, you want to be smart with it, because each one of them gives you a bunch of elements. Right. You know? And, so and which elements like, you have permanently right, done in your track. Right. And we also kind of wanted to find the new cards. 
Because we're like Jagged Earth. We had thoroughly mixed the existing miners and majors, and we mixed in the new Jagged Earth ones along with the old ones so that we had a big, fat deck of cards. yeah. And so we were like, ooh, quick, I want to see if I can find some new ones. But definitely for her, card draw and growth are going to be something that's a little bit longer than usual. Because usually when you're picking a new card, if you have no idea what to do with the cards that you get, at least go go with elements. And that's one of the things I do like about this game, as far as helpful things within it that can assist new players when there's a game that's so complex it's always good for me in my opinion to identify for the beginners what are the handrail parts of the game Mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is like the things that they can cling to that make the game easier for them when they can focus on it and what is that that i'm speaking of well when you get a new card it's like oh man there's so many cards here well don't worry new player if you have no idea what to do look to the elements in regards to gaining new power cards when in doubt go for the one that gives the elements your character uses What's in your ballpark? Uh, well, I'm kind of like an earth and plant guy. Cool. Look for those elements. It's probably in your gameplay style. Cool. But for her, it's like... Uh, I have eight innates to choose usually, from. Usually, your character defines the elements that you look for. Here, the elements you find bases what your character is. So it's like completely <laughs> backwards. Like, who do I want to be this game? Well, uh, well, if I go here, I can be an earth guy. And if I go mm-hmm. there, I can be a Dan user. And, uh, hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, Eevee from Pokemon. You oh. know, like, it, by itself, it's just like a fluffy cat. But give you a Thunderstone. Yeah, Jolteon. Yeah. You change Jamie, a Waterstone. Vaporeon. Whatever. I, I haven't played Pokemon forever. But, you know... The Point being, the Pokemon change based on what elemental stone you gave it, and, and I it kind of narrows what Starlight is. Like right. once you start gathering cards, like well, I took right. a lot of this. I guess I'm leaning right. in this direction. At least there's some consistency in your coalescing nature spots on your board. Yeah, and I think if I'm not mistaken, she did do Earth for a few of them. She focused on Earth and Fire. I just remember her saying like she would see a cool major, but she's like, for me to get this threshold, I chose this with my element markers. Mm-hmm. So like it kind of like forced her in a certain direction at the beginning of the game the possibilities are like endless but like mid game she's like "Uh, I am kind of an earth guy right now right which is kind of cool have you ever seen in real life a garden hose or a fire hose that is on full blast while no one is holding it and you see oh yeah yeah it's just writhing whipping around completely out of control getting so many things wet going over here going over there I felt as if that's basically what she was doing seeking her forms I know (laughs) so okay when this element comes in it makes her spray that way right when this card comes in with this element she will go go that way but i don't know something kind of cool to see how that had an effect on the yeah. game but she did really well and she, she did really by well the end of the game she had her board pretty much clear and i liked the synergy with the she would do two damage you come in and milk that city oh. and then that card like you were talking about we can choose up to six miners she targeted me as downpour yeah. who needs yes let's talk about <laughs> downpour you like having those cards dude isolate looked so awesome downpour i think might be one of the stronger ones i think he has dangerously high potential for success and I even remember what you said. You said, man, I don't even feel as if I found good cards, but I just kept repeating my basic hand and was still doing, like, awesome things. I isolated any lands I could, I know, and then no explorers just... came. I'm like, well, you don't have to worry about explorers Those new round. isolate tokens, those new those ones cool. that came in there, they were all over our board. <laughs> I was using them because I'd be like, oh, I'm repeating this here, and then I'm repeating this here. Oh, my word. 
I picked up Savage Transformation for my major. I remember that. I repeated that three times. That's so I got so six fear. And for Peter, I put extra beast beasts, tokens right? out and there. And since he was many minds, he could put those beasts to use yes. like right quick. So that was cool where it's like Savage Transformation, two costs, you get two fear, replace an explorer with a beast token. Oh, I love that cool. card. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, but you can get rid of towns with it too, though. Yeah, it's cool. Right. But it was just cool to repeat that three times. Yeah. So all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, add six fear to the board oh. for this two card. Yeah. This I, two power, two I was shocked at how scary this team was. I know that Mist was scary, and I knew many minds could get a lot of fear. I was just shocked in execution to see just how much fear. I was like, geez. Like, I think grand total, I netted a greater yield of fear than he did. Yes, but you did. still, I think he would be 1A, 1B. Yeah. yeah, I think he would be in second place for the fear that he gained. Not that it's a competition. I'm just saying, like, I was shocked at just how scary many minds was. The thing about Downpour I noticed is, yes, Downpour has that innate where you do defense, but also limits the counterattack. Right. So I was noticing that. Where right. I'm just like, no one's blighting, right. but... It's more of a stalling tactic. Yeah. One thing that was really interesting is when the game started, it looked like I was having the most trouble, and you guys were more or less kind of fine. But in the mid and late game, it looked like I was having the easiest time. I had you more You guys, yeah. everyone else was having a struggle. Many Minds was having a struggle. Down Downpour was, and so was Starlight. And my board was just completely clear. Well, that's what's crazy. Completely clear. We won and, the game. Well, ex- sorry, except for the guys that I'm keeping as like an IV Milking. of <laughs> Well, it's weird because to win, it looked like we had no business of winning. There were cities yeah. all over the board, at least by our areas. Right, right. And there's towns and explorers. They're like, right. fear victory. <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ooze over to different people's boards. Because like, hey guys, are you having trouble? You know? Yeah, then stuff? you Peter had a lot of people. Like, he had... So many beasts, and he was able to defend with them and maybe skip phases with them, which is great. Yes. But that's not a whole lot of damage. Now, luckily, he did find a lot of defend cards, which is great for Dahan. But, you know, Dahan, it's a little bit more time-dependent of a strategy to move Dahan where they need to be and defend and whatnot, as opposed to just playing a damage card done. So to use Dahan for your offense takes a little bit more effort, takes a little bit more time. Planning. And so he was doing it. It's just with Shroud of Silent Mist, it may not be a lot, but it is considered consistent and it's every turn yeah which i really liked but my point being was kind of funny because like i said at the start of the game i was like eh. there's like my second or third blight and everyone else is like oh we're fine you know like we're doing good over here man you're doing good i'm like oh i'm doing good i'm just you know i'd rather not blight the land if i right. could but at the end of the game i was just like all right i got myself fully upgraded which by the way i got you fully did. upgraded i was like yes! you had two pleasant oh, presence placement that two presence place option i love that one but it was just cool you're not getting hurt by because downpour have to discard two cards. Yeah, no, I know. But the thing that was just so cool for me was once I saw that everyone else needed some damage, I'm like, well, do you mind if I just float on over here? And Triggering just kinda... a higher level mm-hmm. of the innate. Right. But I had the mobility and the ease to just go on mm-hmm. and go over to people's boards with such ease. It was not a struggle or any kind of difficulty for him to just, I'm just going to waltz over here and waltz over there. Here I'm I am. so mobile anyway. Ironically, Ironically, in mid and late game, I didn't move a whole lot because I had one presence on every single land on my board, so I didn't really need to move too much. And every you now need and then, a lot I, of sacred sites, right? I didn't have a ton. Every now and then, I had a card that required one, but oh wow, like look, it's hard to as if it's hard to just blah, 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 yeah. And there's one. Oh, I need a sacred site. Okay, blah, 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 okay, and there it is. Done. But it just makes sense thematically for this right. to be spread out, right? And I was using my spread myself like a net far and wide strategy because I wanted to use those 
those cards and abilities that said that you can do more damage to more invaders for mm-hmm. every adjacent land of yours that has a presence, as well as for having my coverage for exploration. Meaning, when they explore, I can be, oh, hey, look, he's right over here, pink, and lost in the swirling haze. My net was everywhere, so when people explored, I was like, go that <laughs> And so, like, I remember I picked up a few Dahan cards as you well. Did. Like, Veil of the Night's Hunt and some Defend cards. And I was able to use Lost in the Swirling Haze to just scoop people where I needed them to go. And I was like, here, Dahan, go that way and defend for me. Thanks, bro. Mm-hmm. You know? And so... I have a question. What's up? You love defense players. And you said if you play Starlight, you would probably lean, you know, towards probably. the defense innate and get those mountain or earth elements type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you are loving this right now. And it was so mm-hmm. cool to see you play Miss and that all that milking of fear i guess it's just because you never talked like nightmares about this mm-hmm. who's the fear guy from the yeah. base i don't know what is that change what switch that click from defense to fear more guy so i'm trying to understand your question what's the why are you liking this guy so much because you well did you listen to episode whatever it was episode seven I you like why. the mobility <laughs> I, I guess i'm just still like trying to piece it together because like bringer you like bringer the reason I think... But not like this the, guy. The reason why I really liked Mists, and this is just my first impression And after playing still, Mists, yeah. yeah. But the reason why I thought I would like Mist, and the reason why I do like Mist as far as my first impressions, was because of the similarities to Green. This is somebody who I have to rely on my innates to be successful. Okay. Instead of just finding cards and playing those cards, because I feel as if that's kind of luck of the draw. And so it forces me to really accept the character's role and identity acceptance. And to me, for some reason i really like that okay so his similarities to green and the fact that i have to use my innates to be good that's one of the reasons why i think i like sharp fangs so much because raging hunt is like his bread and butter he needs to be triggering that innate every single turn and this guy he wants to be using suffocating shroud every single turn so i have to use my innates all the time and i really like the way that that makes me feel as a player because i feel as if i'm doing the character correctly when i do that but i also like the fact that this is a guy that can just go anywhere okay green has a growth option where no matter what you do you always add a presence to a jungle or a wetland and he has cards in his hand that lets him place presence so for me i feel as if i am unrestricted okay and i love that feeling of unrestriction when i play keeper i love his power but that's someone who feels a little bit more restricted so everyone has a gameplay style even if my guy doesn't do a whole lot of damage yeah with green with oh he's kind of weak but you know he's just a plant he's not like a rock titan he's not like a spirit of fire he's just a plant he's not super strong for damage i'm okay with that why because i value that unrestricted i can go anywhere okay and with green even if you get killed i can come back i'm not even shackled by those consequences either with mist i am so mobile oh you got damage that's coming in matrix dodge yeah you can't touch me. You can't hurt Mr. Fog. It's just I like, know. it's a vapor. And you can't hurt the smoke. You can't hurt the vapor. You yeah. can't hurt the plant who's going to come back. Mm. And when I play those characters, the strength isn't in the form of like raging brawn that you can see, but rather just the unrestricted liberty that these guys have. Okay. You can't contain them. And I love that feeling. I think that's why I liked him so much. And also, I really like the artwork on both of them. But that's, you know, that's just a... Oh, artwork. As far as you mentioned, Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares. Because that's also a fear-heavy person. Right, but I like doing damage. Okay, that's true. <laughs> truth, just truth be told. So it's a little bit Bringer's more a little my more style. more one-note. A little bit more one-note. And so I think Shroud of Silent Mist has a few choices and a little bit more
more flexibilities that Nightmare doesn't have. And Green has some flexibilities mm-hmm. to be defense and healing or damage. And he can kind of do both late game. And this guy, he can do defense. He gives you the choice to be far and wide for coverage, or you can be in one big spot for defense too. That's so a I, good point. So I like that flexibility. I like that Mist mobility. Because can get rid of invaders. Right. Bringer, unless there's Zahan there, cannot. Right. So anyway, I think that's the best way I can quickly answer your question. Okay. But are you satisfied with that I am. Answer? It's just so. like, yeah. I don't know. I... <laughs> Right, because human. Green is a just dedicated defender. Yeah. This guy, dedicated attacker. So this guy, with my first impressions, might be one of my favorite attackers. Ooh. That doesn't mean... What a unique attacker as well. Very much so. That doesn't mean I think he could be the most successful, for instance, or like the best guy. He's this guy I might have the most fun with. We because all have favorite. if you ask me, okay, best attacker in the game, go. I'd be uh, Thunderspeaker, Ocean, maybe. Probably. That said, who is my favorite attacker? My top three. uh, Sharp Fangs is in the top three. Lightning's in the top three. Mist, probably. But Wildfire's so much fun. Sure, I can argue that if you were to gather the data from everyone ever who ever played this game, and which one truly is the best? Eh, Well, it may not be Shroud of Silent Mist. But I have so much fun with him, I don't care. I have so much fun with Fangs, I don't care. This is a board game, and we want to have fun. So, yeah, as far as attackers, give me Sharp Fangs and give me Shroud of Silent Mist every day of the week, and I'll be just fine. Ah. So, but anyway, that game was so much fun. I think it was a wonderful introduction to Spirit Island. Talking about it wants me to want to play right again. I know. On my list, I can't play Shadow of Silent Mist again because of my rule. I know. I feel bad. Hey, that's fine. That just means I have to play everyone. Yeah, make sure you play the other spirits. So Downpour is next. Downpour is going to be my next. And for you... Starlight. I need to do Starlight. Because you did do a game by yourself with Stone eventually, right? Yeah. We've had a couple other games. I had a lot of fun with Trickster. So (laughs) my list is broken. Don't worry oh, about well, me. <laughs> that's fine. Like we said, it has been remade. It will be remade in Starlight. Sixth Lord of the Rings reference on this podcast. Let's keep them coming. Woo-hoo! So one thing that I thought was hilarious was we were trying to figure out how many moderates were in the game. We're like, oh, there's only like one or two, right? Yeah. There's six. So it turns out we're wrong maybe once or twice total in this whole podcast. Six moderates of the 12 new people. Six moderates? But I was saying Jagged Earth moderates are like base yeah. high complexity. <laughs> For the base game. Yeah. yeah, it is. But it was funny because we were like, well, we had no idea where Volcano was going to go. Mm-hmm. Stone, we knew, was a moderate. Lure, we knew. Trickster was up in the air. Many Minds is kind of up in the air. And Shifting Memory, we learned because the print and play that he was a moderate. So the six new moderates were Trickster, Lure, Many Minds, Shifting Memory, Stone, and Volcano. I think it's just hilarious because the base game with the 12 was so wonderfully equally portioned. You know, you have four low complexity, four moderate complexity, and four high complexity. Okay, how about this new one? Six moderates. Ah! You know? High complexity. Very high complexity. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Then three yeah. high and then three very high. You know, what's going on? Brain melting so, high. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I got Jagged Earth and I opened it up and I was just looking through all the cards, flipping through all the various new things. One thing I had in the back of my mind was, ooh, I want to look at this Badlands situation mm. because I've only heard about Badlands. I haven't seen them yet in person. 
I haven't seen the cards that add them. Sure, I've seen some people's boards here, and I've seen the snippet that they did on the Kickstarter page that quoted what they do, but yeah. I want to see cards, you know, that do them and place them on the field and whatnot. But more importantly than that, I heard rumors from beta testers that said there aren't a whole lot of ways to get rid of them. And so I was like, okay, I'm really curious. I'm kind of worried mm, and concerned about uh, how easy will it be to get rid of Badlands. Well, I looked through... They weren't kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to say that those guys were telling the truth because I looked at every single card in this thing and I didn't find a single one. At least the powers. (laughs) That get taken away. These things don't go away, guys. They're here to stay. Kind of makes thematic sense. They're just ruining the island. Like you're scarring the island in such a specific and drastic way that you can't heal it. Maybe in the future there will be some way to get rid of it but needless to say it will not be common to get rid of it if it's added to the future because the future thing won't nearly even the ratio of cards in the deck from Badlands removal cards into the ratio of majors and minors with all the shuffled in so point being I was like oh gosh they're permanent guys (laughs) because I like my Dahan I know (laughs) and I know that Badlands only hurts humans but I like Dahan yeah they're so useful we like obviously Ryan likes his defense i like going after defense cards right, in the deck I know. yeah oh man a lone explorer can take on dahan now oh geez mm. right but a dahan can take out a city so it's like right uh, double-edged sword which i know do you like i don't know i feel as if francis on the field are gonna be like hey explorers galore goodbye <laughs> that's the whole thing about jagged earth it just like it really ups the volume on everything oh i know they take the intensity and just ramp it to 11 which i love well, i was just kind of like because <laughs> there's plenty of minor powers that uh, we were, out of Badlands. We there are plenty right of spirits. Yeah, that yeah. are like, and out of Badlands. And you're like, right. do I have to? I know, there's so many cards that add Badlands. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of don't want to use this card. Depending on who I'm playing as. But still, like, if I'm playing as Keeper, oh my goodness. Like, Keeper salivating at the mouth. He's like, no damage to land. <laughs> Bonus damage to humans. Hates to Han. I know. Pushes them out whenever know, they make bad a lands being, Badlands being discussed in, like, the conference room at greater than games and then keeper salivating in the corner just <laughs> yes, yes, yes <laughs> must kill humans <laughs> poor keeper dude do you don't need to do you know that game destroy all humans that <laughs> alien games destroy no. all humans oh my goodness i just need to photoshop keeper's face over the alien's face put it there <laughs> destroy <laughs> all humans just <laughs> wipe them out so yeah badlands they're permanent uh, I'll let you figure out what emotion that's supposed to make you feel. I'm uneasy about this. Double-edged sword for sure. <laughs> One thing I noticed though, when I was flipping through those cards, I couldn't help but notice that there were more ways in the new set of cards to move Blight. Yeah. Instead of remove it. I was like, Blight movement? What? Like, this one, Gather a Blight. This one, Gather a Blight. Push this a one, blight. Gather a Blight. Push a Blight. I'm like, that's like the sixth card that I flipped through that did Blight manipulation. Not removal or placement even. Just moving it. And I was like, what? Blight is a resource. I know. Blight is now a tool. Like, what is going on? <laughs> the like, game changes everything. <laughs> this is so weird. The way I see it now, Blight is kind of a good thing until the last one's removed from Healthy Islands. I know. You know? It's, it's okay to Blight it's okay. once or twice. Like you were doing as Mist. Right. But Say you... Vengeance was playing alongside. Right. Like how awesome would Vengeance be with that? Oh, that, I know. Because of that special rule. You know, that's one thing I noticed. A lot of the Jagged Earth stuff is, I'm not going to say pro-Blight, okay. but is not Blight removal. Think about it. 
Stone. Stone is someone who can be like, hey, Blight, I can ignore it. Then Volcano is going to be like spitting Blight with his stuff. Obviously, all the new characters that can survive Blight, that's one way. Yeah. But look at Shifting Memory. Mm. He has ways to protect Dahan, but not the land, which means Dahan stay alive, but Blight show up. That's just with his one card anyway. He can still defend with his innate. Look at Shroud of Silent Mist. Hey, I can do really good. I can avoid Blight and I can move around with Blight Mm. really easily. But I can't actually get rid of it by myself. You know, like everyone and everything about this new Jagged Earth thing is about Blight and it's going to be staying longer than you're used to with Mm -hmm. these specific characters. The original base game characters got rid of Blight a lot more than these new guys did, I feel. Well, with the base game, you had two Blight cards and they were both just the worst. Oh, geez. Either you lose a presence every turn or you had the option of losing presence or losing a power card. Neither of them were great. Right. So we were just almost conditioned to be like, Blight, yeah. I don't want nope. any of it nope. on the island. It's not good. It's nope. not useful. And I know it's going to be bad if we flip that card. And in that way, Wildfire was just like this kind of <laughs> out of place. You know, he was like this unwanted orphan in the, you know, like Oliver Twist or something. Yes. Like, then there's then this go, random guy. Go play over there, <laughs> Wildfire. We don't want you so here. So I'm glad, though, that they do have this kind of blight-focused gameplay that's coming in only because that makes Wildfire mm-hmm. feel more as a contributing person as yeah. opposed to just this random guy that's just doing... Doing his own thing. Well, now you can plug Wildfire into a build with so many other people that can be just like him. Like Wildfire so, and Stone, what makes yeah. me giddy. That's, Wildfire finally has some friends. Yeah. Hooray, Wildfire, you know. Stone, Vengeance. Like, yep. what a blight team that is. Right. But still, such a surprise. I was like, there's so many blight moving cards. Yep. That is really weird. So, this means that with Wildfire's innates, Firestorm requires him to go in like a blighted land, if that I'm makes not mistaken. It easier, yeah. So, you can be like, I'm just going to move this blight over there. I'm going to move the blight over there. A lot of Wildfire's damage dealing cards, I think, are innates. Yeah, require blight. Need Stones blight. only damage dealing right. card must be in a land that's blighted. So, say you so pick up like, a minor power, yeah. you're like, I can't use this here. Oh, wait. I can gather. Right. We as players are going to have to recalibrate the way we look at Blight, you know. And there's new Blight cards that came with Jagged Earth that says the island is still healthy. That one's weird. Those are strange. So you prolong the healthy versus Blighted Island struggle further. It's just still going. Just if you Blight this card, just draw another one Mm -hmm. instead. So it's just new stuff that we're going to have to get used to. None of it's bad. It's not as bad as what we are once used to. Right. And I even remember telling you a long time ago, like, some Blight is okay Mm -hmm. and some Presence Destruction is okay. It's excessive of either that you need to worry about. Right. Anyway, so one of the cool things we discussed was just all these cool new cards. And so we picked a few of our favorites that I just want to get into. And first off, I want to finally get into Fractured Days cards and uh, Mists cards. Because uh, those were the only ones in our brief analyses that we did not do. No pre-release, have. yeah. Right. So I think it would be fair since we looked at everyone else's cards throughout the past episodes. That the we, hype list. Right, that we just kind of really quick look at those ones. So, Fractured Days Split the Sky. This guy will melt your brain. Oh my gosh, yes. I never thought that I would have to like do equation math to oh. read the cards. It still makes my brain hurt. I remember when I was looking at his hand for the first time, I had to reread it like three times. 
I'll okay. start with the easiest one. Absolute Stasis. Maybe one of the best ones. What a card. What a good card. Costs one, and it costs one time. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Basically, time, just to catch everyone up, you can use the spirit's presence as time yeah. if you don't place it on the right, island. But the wording is so dramatic. Until the end of the slow fades, target land and everything in it cease to exist. What? <laughs> for, for all purposes, except for checking victory or defeat. What? Just cease to exist. You pick a spot and everything there just ceases to exist for all intents and purposes? I saw some arguments on like BGG or Reddit of like, oh, just like Earth's card. You're yeah. a perfect cellist. I'm like, no, 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 Because no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. it doesn't count for anything. It doesn't count for like adjacency. It doesn't count for unique adversary effects. Yeah, that's true. Just victory conditions and oh, like like a, defeat conditions. Like an England build. Well, you're saying right, with the adjacency, right. it's like... So it stops exploration. It stops building. Nothing there. <laughs> yeah, it's so... And you're right. The wording is so great. I'm and sorry. It, is this a blighted land? Nope. <laughs> it's this is nothing. nothing. It, is, it almost is gone from wow. everything. What a concept. Very strong. And obviously, like, if there's a big Yikes. ravage about to happen there or right. something. Nope. Nothing. Like, just... What? It's cool. Honestly, one of the easier ones to understand. Like, okay, that makes sense. Right. Then it gets a little more tricky. <laughs> then. <laughs> Blur the Arc of Years, a one-cost card. You get Sun, Moon, Air. It is a fast power. Range one, target land any. If no Dahan or invaders, basically if no humans are present, remove a blade. Always good, right? Yep. It's like, but wait, there's like two other tiers. But wait, there's more. If invaders are present, they build and ravage. Oh no. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right, explain to me when that can be good. <laughs> when you. Uh, when. When trying is... to set up a Dahan counterattack right quick? I guess. I'm just like, <laughs> when is this useful? Wow. That's um, a weird one. Yeah, so if humans are present, which that's going to be the case Mo a lot of the time, time. They build and ravage. They build, then ravage. Oh. If Dahan are present, add one, which is good, and push up to two. Which is nice. Which is nice. So you're basically trying to target lands with no invaders. It's like you're focusing on a spot of land and just hitting the fast forward button. Mm -hmm. So anything that would happen normally over the course of years happens right now. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> we heal Blight now. Right. Or it's like, oh, and they build and ravage. Uh, and they they multiply to hunt. And they go their separate ways. So it's just like, this one's tricky where you just wow. gotta pick your spots when right. to use it. Yeah. Um, one thing that's really unique, if I remember correctly, is literally every single one of his cards is fast. Well, they are. I think so. The only other person who's like that is Serpent. Mm. If I'm not mistaken. Can I argue lightning or no? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, lightning. No, I know what you're saying. It is simply uncommon to see, wow, I have all fasts. Yikes. Okay, that's intoxicating. So cool. And then lastly, you may repeat this power once on the same target land by spending a time. So you can pop out two Dahan. That's really great for the Dahan one and the Blight one. And the Blight one. one but not, not so good on the double ravage. Build twice, ravage twice. By the way, we're cascading now. <laughs> <laughs> So that one's like, okay, it gets a little more trickier. Yeah. I'm glad it's cheap. It's cheap. Only one. Yeah. And like, how many times have we discussed how hard it is to add to Han? Yeah. It's, yep. there's only two ways now? There's like, a couple needs, ways? There's only a few yet. A few ways with, to... With River being on the field, Cycles of Time and Tide, and Call the Dahan ways. And then some random lucky event you're like, Sure. Yep. Yep. But here is a zero-costing card. Always only. good. Only one. Past returns again. Sun, Moon, Elements. This one, it gets tricky. Yeah. Here's 
<laughs> Here's the math equation. Get into it. Okay, cost to use n time and spirits jointly pay n energy, where n equals number of players. What? Okay, so yeah, no, in I a three-player game, that'll be three. This one I think could be very beneficial. Swap the yeah. top card of the invader deck with a card in the invader discard within one invader stage of it. Yeah. So say like you already cleared out your wetlands because we had to focus on that for a couple of rounds. Yeah. And jungles is coming up, but that's bad. Let's just swap it. Yeah, I which think is really awesome. It's like, oh, no, we already went through that time. That's in the right. past. You know, it's and cool. And being able to manipulate the deck like that is really cool. I see the benefit of it, of like, oh, no, Coastal Lands came up. Let's yeah. swap that one. <laughs> Let's not do that. I don't want to build and ravage on all right. Coastal and Lands. And it's a way to stave off the first tier three. Mm. Like, oh, uh, I never thought of that. You know, like, quick, just give me one more turn to stave One more off. turn of right. stage two before they're going to two. Lands right. on every board. Right. I didn't think of that. So that's a good one. That is a good one. Is that all it does? The discarded card stays face down. The card going into the deck turns face down. You cannot swap cards that don't exist. <laughs> Such like epic wording. <laughs> I know. It's so dramatic. And you're like, oh, it's a zero costing card. Actually, no, it costs the entire team something. Oh. So, I mean, like you said, it could be really worth it if you have no control over mountains and jungles. Like, guys, we're not ready for right. stage If you three. can buy an extra turn, that can be huge. Yeah. Who knows? For win conditions. From right now. Now it's kind of hard to quantify how successful that'll be, but who knows in those specific situations how clutch that will be. I think that sentence perfectly describes Fractured Days. There you go. Honestly, it's just like, who knows how good this power is until it happens. Until it happens. And then here's the last card. Oh, gosh. Poor time sideways. I'm not going to read it. You just discard it and never play it. There you go. <laughs> You pick up a major first round this, and... Oh, gosh. This is the one, if I'm not mistaken, that I had to read and reread and again and again. Wait. I was like, what is going on? Four time sideways, fast power, one energy, moon, air, and water. Cost three time. So That's a lot. That's a lot, especially when it's your own presence. Move one of your presents to a different land with your presence. On the okay. board, yeah, that's, that's okay. fine. That's cool. One of your Mo presence is joining another one of your Mobility, presents. always a good thing. I got it. On the board, moved from, during the invader phase, resolve invader and each board, each land actions, one for your time. Cool. Yeah. They don't build this turn. Yeah. You know? Like, pick one. Pick one. Whatever's going to happen. I don't want that to list. build. I don't yeah. want that to ravage. Yeah. Right. Wait. <laughs> On the board, move two. During the invader phase, resolve invader and each board, each land actions one more time. One Wait more time. Wait a second. So... I don't like that as much. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> so it's still even because the same amount of actions is happening. Like, for instance, if two lands are each doing two, yes. you made one do minus one and the other one gets plus one, it's still four. Whether it's, it's two just, and two make four or result. one or three. I don't like it. It's just where it happens. The reason why I had to read it and reread it and why it's so hard for me to understand this one is because I'm trying to think precisely how I would use it in execution. Yes, reading the card, I can fathom what this card does. Sure. Sure. But look the at the application. Time it costs. Yeah, three. Three time? This is not something that you're going to be doing flippantly. So that means that you need to make it count. Yes. Think about execution. Uh, okay. Maybe you don't want to land to build up. Explore. Or explore. One so that another spot gets two explorers. Okay. That could be useful, but am I really going to spend three time for that? What about ravaging? Well, let's see. I could see it where I want this spot not to that has ten cities to not ravage. So let's say it does but this spot that has one explorer and like a Dahan, or maybe you have a spot that is completely clear. So let's do no ravaging mm. in the spot with 10 cities 
and plus one ravage, so two ravages in the land that's currently clear. No invaders. In that situation, it's great. My point being, I'm going to want to make this count because of its expensive time cost. This is a fantastic card, but I'm going to be pressured like, when and where was that worth it? Did I just overkill this thing? Right. It's going to be helpful. So I'm like, oh man, this card. Yikes. I can see like England where if you have seven buildings, like we cannot build here. Oh gosh. So maybe you're like, I'm going to move away from this. We'll yeah. skip that action and they can build over somewhere else where they're right. not as built up. Do you know what it reminds me of? Which it kind of reminds me of stone adding blight from the bottom and removing blight to the box like it's like a wash like it's a cool ability that lets you do something but the net gain and net nothing's going loss, back to the blight card <laughs> right but in the same way there's some gameplay mechanic that's still technically even as far as what was gained and what was lost but like the shifting of details on what and where that happened are completely different you know what I mean with yeah. this one, poor time sideways? I don't think it would be a card to use often, like you said, right. the three it, time. Yeah. I think because oh, uh, you have your little bonus deck, the days that never were, yeah. you can kind of like build your hand that way. Right. Like, Luckily, it's only one energy in it. One energy. Yeah. Like, okay, so you've played solo before. You can't yeah. use the solo. You you literally can't because <laughs> it says you, on the board, right? For those reasons, this is why it keeps making me go, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> it's not my favorite of the powers. I love the innates. I love making a slow power fast. Yeah. Yeah. but these were really cool to look at. They are. The artwork is so great, especially on Poor Time Sideways, because yeah. it shows the same spot of land, but the artwork is cut up into four pieces. It's shattered. And each piece is a different season. Mm -hmm. So one is like at nighttime, one's in daytime, one's in like spring, one's in like a the storm. monsoon yeah. season, yeah. you know, Downpour. which would be like winter. Oh, hey, hey. So, yeah, so there are Fractured Days. Cheap cards. Cards. And it was kind of funny. I remember when, before we had his cards, I'm like, I'm guessing his cards are going to be crazy, ridiculous, and, like, brain pain You cards. were right. And we looked at him, oh, hey, look. You're right. That's exactly what we thought. All of their uses, like you said. Yeah. I see the very high complexity yeah. now. You got to be picky choosy. Yep. So then we go to Mist's cards. And oh my gosh, I remember when you got Mist, you were like, dude, these cards, each one of these is amazing. They are. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Each one of these is fantastic. Like each one of them, I'm like, I can't pick a favorite. <laughs> Oh, all I good. was so happy. And you know how I was like looking forward to Mist and how Mist was my number one on my hype list, even though I had no idea what his cards were. Then I see his cards. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. They're all great. Oh, they're so great. So by the way, I perfectly called precisely what his card cost would be. I said, I'm guessing he's going to be like green, where he has maybe a zero, maybe some ones, maybe a two. That's literally exactly what he has. He has a zero, some a ones. few ones, and a two. Exactly like green. So Greater the games, hire Ryan. <laughs> I don't think that was hard to call. You know, it's not super important of a thing to call. It's like one of those little private wins. You kind of like give yourself yes. a fist bump. Like, yes, yes, that's right. So anyway, so Shroud of Silent Mist and his cards. He has two fasts, two slows. So starting with his cheapest and going to the most expensive, he has flowing and silent forms dart by. This is his boon or gift. You know how we talked about mm -hmm. how usually people have something that involves other spirits. Support, kind of like a support. utility. Yeah, this is that card. And this one is so crazy. First off, it has to be in a land that you're in, which just as a heads up, every single one of his cards has range zero. 
But don't worry, that's basically range one because mm-hmm. his innate allows him to scoot and meet range requirements. So anyway, range zero to fear if invaders are currently present. When presence in target land would be destroyed, by the way, that's just any presence, not mm-hmm. yours or target spirits, just any presence at all, anyone's presence. When presence in target land would be destroyed, its owner may, if possible, instead push that presence. Mm. Then you may gather one presence or a sacred sight of another spirit so long as you have their permission. That's crazy. What the heck? That's crazy. You can allow other people to have your mobility for that land. So everyone can be like, quick, guys, we're about to take a lot of damage. I'm coming, buddy. Now you are as gaseous as I am. And a sacred site. I know, you can move a sacred site? That's crazy. Hey, Earth, I'm always going to Earth when I talk about these examples of moving sacred well, sites. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Quick, get over here and defend for me. <laughs> Help me. Oh my word, that is so crazy. Two fear if invaders are present. And when a presence would be destroyed, you just get to move it instead? I have a question. Oh, so you're playing Thunderspeaker. Yeah. And a Dahan dies in adjacent lands. So <gasps> Thunderspeaker is... That would save Thunderspeaker, right? It would. Right? It would because this simply says... It doesn't when, say Blight. No, it says when it would be destroyed. Its owner may, if possible, push it. Dude. So, Sworn to Victory says if it blights or a Dahan gets killed as a result of a Ravage, yes. then Sworn to Victory would trigger, which says that you have to lose a presence. You know, your presence is destroyed because the Dahan was destroyed. As I'm thinking about it, I can check the specifics, but I think it'd still be legal to, well, so. if it would be destroyed, does it say destroyed? It does say destroyed. Okay, so we'll have to check for clarification if Sworn to Victory specifically says destroyed. Would be destroyed. But yeah, we'll check it but in theory pretty sure i think it could work where instead of that you'd be like eh, just yeah. <laughs> get pushed instead because that's like the so, one downfall of thunder speaker yeah oh dude and by the way this is free i said that already but that's just crazy free fear it's fast and it gives him the elements he needs it gives him a moon and air and a water i think this would be good for lightning also yeah. another sacred site user and no defense yeah <laughs> so, like lightning i'm about to die no you're not no you're not you're fine fam and it doesn't matter if they have like one or two it just says when presence in so target cool. land doesn't matter there's like no limit there yeah, doesn't so matter cool. whose it doesn't matter how many just move it i love it which is just insane i love and it a zero cost card i know, that, I know i think that's a strong zero. Oh, i know even for the elements so it gives you moon air and water i think i may have said that but one thing that's kind of funny is every single one of his cards gives you air every single one of them three of them give you moon and three of them give you water but all of them give you and air. that's what you need for your innate yeah. yeah yep so moving on to his one costs he has two he has two one-costing cards. Mm-hmm. Unnerving Paul. I love this card. This is one of those cards that gives you an option of two. You can do this one or you can do this one. One fear and then up to three damaged invaders do not participate in Ravage. Whoa. I love this one. Whoa. I love this one. You can just completely come in really quick with another card, do damage to somebody. Like, oh, do damage to each invader. And then up to three of them, you can just ignore because they do not participate in the Ravage. That is... Which is just I'm just so thinking cool. of like the harder adversaries of England I know. The Sweden people that you 
you can lock down and quickly. Wow. It is a fast power, so up to three damage people. You will need to do that damage in the fast phase. So it's not another person could wound from a previous turn if you weren't oh, there. Oh, you did the turn before. Yeah, if you were there, you're fine. Yeah. But the ravage still happens. It's just those guys don't participate right. in it. Which so is what this nice. means is that if you have a town and an explorer wound the town, now it's just an explorer. You can forget about the buildings because mm. it's just explorers that are doing the stuff. And you can, like, explorers do piddly damage. So if right. they're just doing, like, one damage, eh, that's fine. So It allows a counterattack, which oh. I love. It's not just a stall card. Yep. This is how I was able to, for the ravages on my board, you know, with the arcade style, yeah. there's always two ravaging happen on your board. Mm -hmm. And this is how I was always stopping one of them, was with this card, because the buildings were always damaged, mm -hmm. and I'll play this card. Or, what we just described was option one. Option two says, one fear, then defend one per presence you have in target land when this power is used. Mm. This is the card. I was speaking of earlier when I spoke of how sometimes you want to cast yourself wide like a big net over the land and sometimes with this one card you want to be all bundled up and I talked about how you can use your second growth action to go and just bink bink two mm -hmm. presents and now you have three defend there's three. a defend three not bad one thing I really like is regardless of which option you choose both of them give you one fear so you are not missing out on any of the fear there so it's either one fear three people who are wounded don't participate in a ravage or one fear defend one per presence you have in that land. I might be wrong, but I saw you leaning towards the first option. I more. did. I did the first one a lot, only because I felt as if that one was able to yield me a better defense. Okay. If you think about it, this card gives you defense in two different kinds of ways. Yes. Yeah. It's so, nice to have that option. And it's really cool to have that flexibility. And like I said, both of them give you fear. So, you know, in that way, it's a win-win. Yeah. So that is Unnerving Paul. Love that card. Then we have, going on to the next one, we have The Fog Closes In. This one gives you a moon, an air, and a water. Costs one, like I said. For each adjacent land with your presence, one damage to a different invader. Then push two to Han. This is a card that's complete opposite of Unnerving Paul. The other card we just described gave you incentive to be all in one spot. Right. This card gives you incentive to be very distributed, very wide. So this is the other card that allows him to get bonuses from his physical setup. Mm -hmm. So I like this one because it's one damage to a different invader for every land that you have adjacent. You can't stack the damage. What you do is you spread the damage. You don't stack the damage, you spread the damage, which I really liked because the more presence you have all around the more targets you were hitting i was able to kill you love this card <laughs> i use this one a lot this was honestly my go-to explorer killer mm -hmm. is what this was earlier in this episode i said i would focus on one building and everyone else eventually just died everyone else sure. around him faded away this is the card that made them fade away why because i held on to the building and all the explorers ah! Yeah. All the explorers died because fog closing in did damage to a different invader for every adjacent land that had my presence in it. And so since I was everywhere, that was always like at least four or five. So yeah. I was like, yeah, one damage to like four people. One damage to like three people. One damage to four people. Five people. In this land, in that land. So this was one of my favorite cards that I kept going to. This was my go-to damage dealing card. And I think that's kind of meant to be the case. Mm -hmm. I know that you're innate powered. You're basically going to be doing one damage every single turn all the time and i know that sounds really low 
Not but nice. but this one was like a grenade because you can do one damage, but so long as you're wide, that's one damage to four people. Oh, so it's like a weak grenade, but it's hitting everyone. And then if you are doing that on a building, yeah. in this time passes, you're just reaping in the fear. Oh, I love it. I love it. So then moving on to his final card, his most expensive card at two, which is so funny to say that it's <laughs> most expensive, most expensive at cards at two. Usually everyone but else's is dude, three. Dude, at the end of the game, I had all of my cards that I gotten, whether minor or major powers, were all zero to three energy. Even your majors? Yep. Even the majors that I like okay. acquired yeah, yeah. later on. And I remember I was like, boy, do you see my board how clear it is? I did all of this with zero ones and twos, and then this three that I just got. Yeah. Like, that is why I love characters like this, because I was able to do all this with cheap stuff. You didn't and need a me, nine energy card. Right. And that makes me feel as if I did hard work to get this result, not just, oh, well, I just did Briny Deep and, you know, yeah. kill everyone. Which, by the way, there is a specific satisfaction that I'm not trying to devalue with using those big cards. But to me, I felt really good. I was like, I was able to clear my board with zeros, ones, and twos. And with that, just picking off Explorers, it was just so easy for you not to let right. things build up. Oh, it was so great. Anyway, so what does Dissolving Vapors do? Well, I'm glad you asked. One fear, one damage to each invader. Then one damage to each Tahan. Luckily, that last part was basically never an issue because Fog Closing In says push to Dahan. That other card allows me to push Dahan to get them to safety. And mm-hmm. Lost in the Swirling Haze allows me to move Dahan so I can get them to safety all the time anyway. So Dissolving Vapor is one fear and one damage to each invader. Oh. Which this obviously is an explorer killer. This one is so good at just, ah, just getting rid of a bunch of people and just all the buildings oof, get one less. And if you can stack this with a high level of your innate which also does the exact same thing as this one yeah you can do one damage to each invader one damage to each invader so that's at least two damage right there plus any other extra damage that you're dealing so regardless of how many people are in there what if you had finder gather like a bunch of people like 13 targets well that's like 13 people that just got hit yeah so yeah it was one damage to each invader but that was 13 damage like yikes it's crazy so this one is the one i had to also it might be my favorite artwork this one is really creepy it is because it looks like a farmer looking down at his torso as the smoke rises in and his torso is dissolving away from him. It's so creepy, but and it's he's so like, cool. He's like, ah! yeah. he's like fading away in front of his own eyes. Like, Ooh. it's kind of terrifying, but I love oh, that. Word. Guys, I felt so creepy playing this guy. I loved it. <laughs> so much fear. And like you said, know, so many of your just, cards just give fear away. I know. And Dissolving Vapors just does, hey, one fear. Mm-hmm. Like, before you do damage and kill people, just, hey, one fear. So, yeah, those You're getting are... fear from card plays. You're getting fear from innate. You're getting fear yeah. from time passes. Like, you were always... I you're know, like, guys, oh, here's I three know. more fear. We're like, Ryan, just... slow down. <laughs> so, there you go. There are Mist's cards, and there are Fractured Day's cards as well. I feel as if we owed them to get their cards explained since we weren't able to do so in the past episodes. So the only problem I have is that with my rule, I'm not going to be able to get back to this guy for a while because I have to play 11 other people before I can get to Shroud of Silent Mist, but that is okay. He will be waiting here for me faithfully, and I can't wait to get back to him. So we are at an hour and 20 minutes even before I edit, so hopefully the editing version of myself, good job for reaching the end, buddy. Go get a break. (laughs) Cut it down to an hour. (laughs) Let's see if I can't just like cram that in like a sleeping bag into the stupid thing. (laughs) Have you ever had trouble with that, by the way, when you have like a sleeping bag and you have to roll this thing up and and you gotta like shove it in? Sometimes we had like the cables or it was like yeah, like like a toy. 
flip twine. or yeah. twine or something. And it's just like, we just gave up on the back. I know. It's, it's so hard. Just give me like one of those ramrods that they use for cannons, like a Civil War cannon. <laughs> Shove, it <in> there. <laughs> Shove it in there. So Anyway, guys, we're just going to continue right on to the next one. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be on a road trip there. Yeah, we're going to see you in just a few seconds. All right, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. Feel free to visit us on our Instagram and Facebook page. You can find me on our Facebook page at the Kindred Spirit Podcast. To get a hold of John, check out our Instagram page at the KSP123. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in future episodes.